does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Now, he said that, let's set a little context. Are you ready? So in verse uh, 13, this, there's this dude that came to Jesus, and uh, he's been teaching and all. So, you know, uh, uh, he kind of looks, this is an opportunity to do something for himself, to get Jesus to step in and help make something happen that'll benefit him. Look at verse 13. It says, someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Now, there are all types of cultural and and, and legal things about this that kind of pop up a bunch of questions, but we're not going to get into all that. But Jesus didn't get in there. He didn't take the bait, did he? He said, "Uh, man, sir, dude, who made me? He says, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And then this whole thing that we're focused on, he warned him, everyone, including us, take care, be on your guard against all covetousness, for life doesn't consist of the abundance of one's possessions. And so we don't know exactly what the scenario was there. Uh, many times uh, in that culture, the oldest son would get the larger portion of the inheritance. Uh, maybe there was some he's wanted to be divided differently. Uh, maybe, maybe the brother was doing him wrong. I don't know what the situation is, and you don't either because the Bible doesn't tell us. But uh, so he goes on and he tells them a parable about this rich man. And I'm just going to allude to that a little bit, and we may come back to it later, I'm not sure. But uh, in verse 16, it says, And he told them a parable saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Chill out. Relax. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool. If he's from the Ozarks, he'd probably have said it more like this, fool. You fool. This night, your soul is required of you. All the things you've prepared, whose will they be? Now here's the point. So is the one who lays up treasure for himself, right, in the here and now, And is not rich toward God. Okay. So as you see up there, our kind of thought is overstuffed. Overstuffed. So that's kind of a thought I want us to get in our mind because uh, this is a time of year that I think about stuffing. You know how we... uh, you know, we have Thanksgiving and we we, want to have a time to to give thanks and our whole nation is... Doing this Thanksgiving, I, I, I don't know who everyone now in our culture is, to whom they are thankful, to themselves, to those who've gone before, because so many certainly don't acknowledge God. But originally, this was that we realize everything that we have comes from the hand of God. Every breath we take, uh, every beat of our heart, that we really, the scriptures teach us, if you believe the scriptures, we really don't own anything. That everything here belongs to God, it comes from God, and it returns. So really, when I talk about our giving, it's not so much that we're giving. I don't really have anything to give because I don't truly own anything, according to Scripture. What I'm doing is I'm returning. 
So whenever I'm giving and I'm, I'm tithing or I'm giving of, my, of myself, whether it's money or resources or time, I am returning. Um, <clears throat> so we're supposed to be focused on that. But um, <clears throat> really what we focus on is uh, food and football and fellowship. Oh, thank you, sweet baby. Uh, she tried to take care of me. Um, and so Clarissa tries to stay back and not, you know, get out in front of people a lot. But so much behind the scenes, she's doing more than you ever know, trying to keep me going and in line. So thank you. Thank you very much. I'm going to keep this handy. Um, what was it? Food, football, maybe fellowship, right? So we stuff the bird, and then we stuff ourselves, Okay, now there's one little thing came up this week. I had to ask, so what's the difference between stuffing and dressing? Well, I think dressing is cooked outside the bird, but stuffing, you got to stuff that stuff in that stuff in the bird, right? Is that right? Come on, I'm, I got to get some confirmation here. All right, okay, all right. So with dressing, you're cooking kind of like the same stuff, but it's not stuffed in the bird. The stuff is cooked outside the bird, and you're just dressing up your plate with it. But you're going to eat it. Okay, so, but in the old days, they really stuffed that stuff in there. By the way, you got to make sure you cook it properly, or you could get food poisoned. I just I put that disclaimer in there, you know. So we do that. We stuff the bird. We eat the bird. We eat the stuffing. And then we, we kick back, and we say, man, <clears throat> I'm stuffed. Right? But the truth is, the truth is, is that, uh, I mean, we have, a, we have a feast. Is that what they call it, a festival? It's a feastival? Is that where that word comes from? I don't know. But anyway, uh, but uh, the, we, we know we've got a problem with too much weight and things like that in our culture. Uh, but the truth is, is we're overstuffed in a lot of other ways, too. We really are. We have too, most of us have too much stuff. Mm-hmm. We have too much stuff, and we have too much stuff, air quotes, stuff to do. We have too much stuff to do. Maybe you feel overloaded. Now, and one thing about it is if you'd been coming to our boundary study on Sunday evenings, you might have gotten a little bit of help with this because this is exactly the kind of thing we've been talking about. And we got lesson eight Coming up tonight, <clears throat> but maybe you have not been good at uh, uh, following boundaries that God wants us to have in our life. You know, boundaries where we keep bad out, but we let good in. We keep good in, but we let bad out. All of that. But we end up having trouble saying no. Have trouble saying no to myself. Have trouble saying no to others. But um, <clears throat> maybe you feel overloaded. Anybody? Nobody? You feel, this is interaction. Come on, it goes quicker if you enter. If you, you feel overloaded in life, maybe you kind of feel like this person. You're just carrying a bigger load than what you're designed for, right? I am not made for this. Um, or, or maybe like this guy. I'm just out there trying to make a living, but look at all I've got to deal with. It's just hard to function. Maybe, maybe it's just more going on and you just totally can't deal with it. You feel like this poor critter. That, that's like, you know, 
No wonder I can't get anywhere. This is what they've done to me. Or maybe it's people in your life. Maybe it's relationships. And maybe you've not done good with boundaries and relationships. You've allowed them to weight you down and you feel like this poor guy. Uh, I know that's bad. I know it's been Photoshopped. But maybe you feel like you're just carrying quite a load in the relationship, right? Well, okay, let's get out of there. In Proverbs 15, 16, Solomon says this. He says, better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. You're better off just have a little bit than great treasure and trouble that comes with it. He also says in the next verse, better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fatted calf with hatred. So basically, he's saying that you are better off with just some type of little salad with not ranch dressing or blue cheese. We're talking about it's got to be a vinaigrette that doesn't have a lot you know, of calories. You're better off just to have a little tiny side salad where there's love than a steak dinner where there's hatred. Uh, these very true. So we have to be careful going into this time of year. I mean, this is time of year we get all caught up in a lot of different things. Uh, this busy time, we're trying to make all this holiday stuff happen, family. Uh, we feel expectations on us that uh, maybe they're real, maybe they're not real. And, and so what you might need to do, I've got about five or six of the boundary study books back there. You might want to grab one of those today and start studying up to, to help protect your, your, your heart and your, your, your mind. But we, we feel like we've got to do all this stuff. And we've got to please all these people. And uh, expectations, they may be real, they may not be. And then we're going into Christmas. And we've got to buy stuff for people who've already got too much stuff. Get this. We're buying stuff for people that we may not even like that well. We're buying stuff that they don't even really need with money we may not even really have. We put it on credit. And we end up with all kinds of frustration. So we don't focus on the only thing that really matters. And that's what we focused on a little bit last week. And that's the kingdom of God. And uh, so the enemy weighs us down. And we feel defeated. So we're going to look at a few different types of stuff here. First thing, first thing is, let me get back to where I'm supposed to be. The first thing is material stuff. We have all this pressure from our culture that we live in, and all the advertisements and everything is just geared to make us feel like I don't have enough stuff, right? I need to buy that. There's something wrong with me. And then you've got peer pressure. You've got other people around. We feel like we've got to keep up there. When everybody on social media focusing on all their bling and all their stuff, um, young people even, you don't have the right clothes, you're not wearing the right shoes, you know, people are going to make fun of you. Uh, so we, we try to keep up with each other, all this pressure. Solomon noticed in that day, all, we all worry about how we look, all worry about how other people perceive us. Solomon noticed that even in his day. In Proverbs 13, 7, he said, there's one who pretends to be rich but has nothing. I mean, there are others who pretend to be poor but have great wealth, but, but there were even people in their day that tried to act like they had all of that but they didn't really have that much. Um, so this has always been a problem. Here's, here's another thing that happens. You see that? There's this sense of entitlement. People talk about that quite a bit these days, but 
we all struggle with this, and here's what we mean by it. Is that we have this belief that somehow we deserve all this stuff. We're entitled to it. Or that somehow society or our family or God himself somehow owes us something. And that's why we're not grateful. See, when we realize that we don't really deserve any of it, it's not going to be, see, we're humbling ourselves, but it's not going to be like I'm all down in the pity part, like, oh, poor pitiful me, man, I just don't deserve any of this. No, what happens is, because I realize I really don't, but God has been gracious. And so now me, who doesn't deserve anything, has been blessed abundantly. So now my heart just overflows with gratitude and thanksgiving. And it changes everything about who I am and what my day is going to be like when I have that. So there's this, this whole problem a lot of people have is that, um, you know, young people, you get married and you feel like, this is the way our society is geared, is that I really deserve the kind of lifestyle my parents have. I've been used to that because I was in their home, right, or things like that. Uh, and then, uh, but it, 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 you're, you're, say you're 20 years old and it took them 30 years to get there, but you want to have it now. And guess what? With credit, you can have it now, but you put yourself in bondage. And this happens to most people in our culture and we get in bondage and it adds to the weight and the frustration and we, we are burdened down. And, and here's the problem. You know one of the problems, and we'll, we'll visit this maybe in weeks ahead, is that sometimes we're still paying for stuff that we don't even have. We, 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 we borrow money for consumable goods. We consume them and they're gone or, or we don't even use them anymore and we're still paying on stuff that we no longer use, have, or really need. Thank you. I thought we was on the right track, but it's painful. I know it. I'm going to say amen, oh me, all of that, yeah. Uh, and so we think stuff will make us happy. Stuff will make us happy. But it's, it's a happiness that doesn't last it's only a quick fix, like taking a drug and then it takes more. It never lasts. So when our moods and our emotions depend on acquiring more stuff, more money, more possessions, more toys, more this, more that, we're in for a shock because at some point we find that our, our closets are full, our hands are full, but our hearts are empty. And that's why Jesus reminds us in Mark eight thirty six, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but yet loses his own soul. The real you, the eternal you, the real you on the inside. So a lot of people today are making a terrible trade. They're swapping out something of incredible value for stuff of no value. Because something is really valuable if its value never fades. A lot of things that we buy, the value it depreciates. But there's one thing that is the most valuable thing that you have, and that is your eternal soul. And, and there could be someone here today that surely hasn't recognized that you're not an accident. You're not just a product of nature. You are created by Almighty God 
who put this whole universe into order. It is a universe of order and design, intricately so. And the solar system, this planet, everything, if this earth was just tilted a tiny degree off of the axis that it is, life wouldn't exist as we know it on earth with the way the seasons and everything happens. Everything is exact. You're not an accident. You were created by God. You were created for him. And everything that we have comes from him. The ability to enjoy what we have is given to us by him. And we return it to him in worship and gratitude and in returning and giving. And, but a lot of people exchange, a bad exchange. Romans 1.25, Paul tells us, because they exchange the truth about God for a lie. People are exchanging these days, and any of us could do this, because sometimes we want to talk about those people out there. God wants us to talk to us people in here, all right? Yeah, it, it could be us. We exchange the truth of God for a lie. This could be the wholesale truth of God, or it could be certain truths that I don't want to deal with, and I'd rather believe lies about myself and about life and about other things. I might believe some of the big truths, but there's some other truths that I want to swap because I would rather be the, believe the lie. One thing about it is I get further into God's truth, and as I know him better, and as his light shines into me, it begins to expose who I really am and how much I really need him. Some people don't want to acknowledge that. Uh, but they exchange the truth about God for a lie, and they worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. This is a problem that we have. I mean, you can, it's not just idolatry. It's when we are in such bondage and we're actually worshiping material things rather than the one who created all things. People reject God's truth with its power to liberate and satisfy our soul, and instead we embrace temporary things. We give up eternal bliss for temporary or passing pleasure. Here's what we end up doing. Make short-term decisions. We're thinking about the here and now. We make short-term decisions with long-term consequences because like the guy in the story Jesus told, it's going to affect, it could affect your forever. Short-term decisions with long-term consequences. We're living for the moment and we forget about the future. And we show enough, forget about eternity and forever. It's been said that uh, money and things make three promises that they can't keep. So instead of something to be Worshipped is something to be, there, there are things to be used, right? Three promises that things and money can't, that they make, but they can't keep, all right? Here we go. Three things, happiness, significance, and security. Happiness. Most will say money can't buy happiness, we, we say that, but then we act like it really does. See? We say it, but our actions say something else. I mean, we break our backs, and we do all this stuff. We, we take on extra this, extra, not to survive, but because of all the extra stuff that we think we need. Happiness. It, the, the, we're just gonna, this will make me happy, but it doesn't. So crazy. 
We make ourselves absolutely miserable trying to get happy. Amen, myself. And we miss out on some of the most valuable things, and that's a relationship with God and relationships with each other. Then significance. Somehow we think if I have a nicer this, if I have a nicer that, if I have this position or that, um, that others will think I'm more important. We really worry about how other people might view us. But you know what? That's a lie. That is. I mean, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with having good things. It's when they have you that we get into trouble or whenever you find your significance in those things rather than in Christ. You know, it's, uh, it's just like I found out when I was in high school. Because there were, can you believe this? Some, uh, and this is way back in the old days, right? And I mean, not like when Wayne was in high school. I mean, the, the alphabet only had, wow, how I many, 20 letters back then? Uh, but, uh, and you know, I was talking about, you know, everybody wanting a new car or truck in high school. And, you know, he was like a new mule, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, they came out with a wheel in there somewhere and things really started to change. And I just love picking on Wayne uh, because uh, this is my only chance to do it because he will set me straight. You know it and I know it. But, and he'll enjoy it too. But, um, but the thing about it is, is way back there, there were some of my friends that um, their parents were like buying them a car, buying them a truck. That didn't happen in our family. That growing up on a dairy farm, you know, starting out in like, you know, first, second grade, dad would give us boys some of the bull calves. Uh, and, you know, we could raise them on the, our property. We had to do the work and then we could sell them and, uh, and save the money and save and save. So uh, I didn't have quite enough to get what I wanted. And so, uh, but, you know, we also had to buy our gas with, you know, and, um, and, 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 I, and dad would give us allowance based on how much we worked on the farm, Right. Uh, but he also would mention like room and board and stuff like that. But, uh, but you know, I thought it was so unfair and I'm so thankful for it now looking back. But um, so some of my friends, they were just going to, I never understood this. So many of you, this was something you were addicted to when you were young. They would go to town and just cruise. I was like, you're just going to drive around? And it, about this time, God had called me to preach, so my life was changing, and I was getting a little deeper insight from the Word of God, maybe. I don't know. But I was just thinking this. If you want to see everybody, I'm just going to go to one spot and park and just watch everybody go by. Save my gas, because I have to buy my own. Evidently, your folks are filling your tank. My goodness. Uh, don't have to go somewhere all the time. And your know, dad would be like, you know, if you worked hard enough, you wouldn't be wanting to get out and go clown around. I mean, I always got accused of clowning around. I don't understand that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but I found out, so um, these guys uh, had all these, you know, oh, look at me, look at me. And um, I thought, I'm going to save my money for a little bit longer. Uh, and... Um, it wasn't quite as cool driving the old farm truck to school. But unless I needed to drive the old farm truck to school, I had to ride the bus. And somehow or another, a lot of people didn't think it was cool for a senior to ride the bus. Times were different back then, I guess, huh? Because <laughs> people actually, a lot of them rode the bus. Seems like everybody drives to school now um, that can. And, but I figured this out. You know, I'm, if I'm going to drive... Uh, you know, uh, 
the truck's got to be available. Dad's going to want me to put gas in it. And after I finally bought a car, I was going to have to put gas in it. And how much is it going to cost me to drive into town and back? I'll just ride a bus, right? And so here's what I found out. If you've got to have a slick car or truck to try to be cool, then that proves you're not cool. The car or the truck is cool. If that's what makes you cool. But I found out I could drive the old beat-up nasty farm truck, and it would be cool because I was in it. No. Okay, maybe I still had a little bit of problem with self-perception back then. You know, uh, so, but, but that's the thing. Besides this car I worked for, I finally bought it, and then I go to college, and I meet Clarissa and fall in love, and we get engaged, and I just basically handed her the keys. You know what I'm saying? I, you didn't take them from me, did you? I sometimes joke and say that, but I, I, you know, she had this old clunker of a Plymouth Horizon. It was a 78 model, wasn't it? And, and I couldn't let my darling person ride in that old thing. Uh, here, take my car. Um, and she let, me, she let me borrow it occasionally after that. <laughs> so uh, then we get married, and you've been paying ever since, haven't you, sweetie? But... Uh, but, but we, we, we think things will give us, I didn't mean to hang up on significance, but sorry about that. But we, we, we think these things will make us more significant, and they fail. They always fail in that promise. And then security. A lot of times we think if I just can reach this point, if I just have this, then I will feel secure. And we get there, and we still don't feel secure. And then we got to have more, and we got to have more. And, and, and we're not going to find that until we find it in Christ. See, so these things, and so the enemy will keep you distracted pursuing all of these things with stuff, and you'll miss the real truth and the real relationship with God that will give you all of this and help you manage the stuff. And so here's what I find. Whether you have a whole lot of stuff or very little, you will find out that whether you have a lot or a little, with the Lord in the right focus, you're going to enjoy and manage it and be blessed a whole lot more than if you try to just do it yourself and get it for yourself. So that's that. It sounds weird saying this so much. That's that stuff. Now let's talk about other stuff. There's other stuff too. Hmm? Um, stuff to do. That's another problem where we're overstuffed. We fill up our schedules though with stuff that really doesn't matter. We let other people control our schedule instead of our being in control of it. I mean, stuff that we worry about and stress about and consume us, stuff that really won't matter 100 years from now. And stuff that will matter 100 years from now, we somehow don't have time for. We don't build up treasure in heaven. And you know, work and activity are no substitute for work God wants to do in our life. Sometimes maybe we stay so busy doing stuff that we're just trying to avoid ourselves, our relationships, and God. You can run from God all your life only to run into him when you die. Um, We can be so occupied with the wrong stuff that you don't even have room for the right stuff that God wants to give you. Sometimes we've got to make a little room. Oh, church stuff. What? Spiritual stuff. 
Well, get this. Just showing up, which is good, which several people didn't do today, but anyway, I'm sure they had a good reason. I'm not judging. <laughs> but this isn't as big a problem as it used to be. People just like, I'll be there every time the doors are open. And somehow or another, you're going to get, remember in Sunday school when you showed up, you get a little, if you show up every Sunday, you get a star on that little chart on there. You know, I don't think we do that anymore, but, um, you know, I got the stars, but it was none of my credit. It's because dad's like, you're going, right? <laughs> I didn't have any choice about it. But, but somehow or another, we think we'll get an extra star just because we're, every time the doors are open. And, you know, and, and, and this is, I'm not, I've got no one in my mind, well, too much. Uh, but, but you know what? When I started pastoring when I was just 20 years old full time and filled in at churches, when I was 16, um, I found out this, that some of those folks that show up every time the doors open, It'd almost be best if they didn't. I'm sorry, but some of them, they show up, but they, 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 they cause all kinds of stuff that's not good. <laughs> some of us don't know whether to laugh or not, do we? <laughs> what I'm saying is, is just going through the motions and the activities. You need to be there. You do. But just showing up and doing stuff at church is no substitute for an authentic relationship with God. You see what I'm saying? Just doing spiritual stuff. This stuff needs to be done, and it should overflow out of our gratitude for God and overflow as he's using spiritual gifts through our lives as we just love him and serve him. And so it's not work. But to some of us, it just gets to be work, and we're just like, you know, putting little stars by our name because we think we're earning something when he's already paid for all of it. How could I earn it when he's already paid for it? What I've got to do is receive it and then I just return. Gratitude, praise. Uh, then let's think about some good stuff. The good stuff. <laughs> you know, peace on earth, treasure in heaven. How about that? That's worth a lot. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 6, 20, he said, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. I mean, you're going to be having a blast while you last down here. But in the meantime, you're not just investing here. And it's not saying don't plan. He's not saying don't, don't prepare. But what he's saying is don't be consumed by this. And, and, and in your life, you're building up investing in heaven. And guess what? That pays eternal dividends. He says where moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. You, can't, you have to worry about it. I mean, I, I don't like what I'm seeing happening to the old. I'm getting to that age now. It's like, how's the old 401k doing? Okay, it looks like I'm going to keep working for a long time. But treasure in heaven, <laughs> it just grows and builds. Oh, man. You have treasure on earth, one of these days you're going to be taken away from it. You have treasure in heaven, one of these days you're going to go join it. That's quite a thing, isn't it? Be rich toward God. I like what he says there in verse 21. So is the one who lays up treasure for uh, for himself and is not rich toward God. So we want to be rich toward God. Now, real quick, you look at that story that I read that Jesus told. This guy that he, he made the story up about a guy. It could have been somebody really told about, but as far as we know, he just told the story about this guy. who had, And did you notice his focus was he thought he owned all that stuff. But it really wasn't his, was it? 
Because he kept saying, I, what shall I do? I will build, I will tear down my, and I will, I will build myself bigger, and I'll have, and it was all about him. So he thought he owned it all, he thought he controlled it all, and then he would say to his soul, like he was in charge of that, to the most important part of himself, just chill out and take it easy. Don't worry about anything. And he's like, oh yeah? This night your soul is going to be required. You're going to stand before God. Who's going to take all? I'll tell you who's going to get all that stuff. People who hadn't worked at all for it, and they're going to blow it. But then what are you going to do? So here's this problem. He was out of focus. Why? Because he focused on the physical instead of the spiritual. It's not that we don't have to focus on physical, but when we exclusively focus on that and neglect the spiritual, we don't come out ahead. The other thing is he focused on himself and not on God. Totally on himself. And isn't that what our culture does? Isn't that what we're trained to do? And he focused also on time and didn't think about eternity. So here's some dangerous stuff. There's a dangerous problem. Stuff to remember, okay? Remember, riches and things promise a full life they can't deliver. That's what Jesus is trying to tell us. They promise a security they can't produce. And they can't give depth to your life. They can't give breadth to your life. They can't buy friends. They can't give height to your life. They can't add to your stature. They promise a security, as I said, that they can't produce. This man thought all was well, but you can't really have security without God. Beware of anything that promises you ease and security apart from God. And they also invite us to spend our entire lives investing in the wrong things. And we're not rich toward God. Do you constantly dream about days when... It's finally going to be better for you, and um, it seems to never come. God's saying that day could actually be today, if you just trust me. You find yourself comparing what God has provided for you with what God has provided for others, or what you think he's provided for others? You're just making yourself miserable. Focus on your relationship with God. Do you find it hard to return anything to God because you are in such bondage or, or you think it's really yours? See, this whole area of giving changes when you realize the issue is not about that, it's about ownership and understanding who owns everything. So here's my question. Do you have the right stuff? Only Christ can give it to you. And he died on the cross and rose again, conquering death, hell, and the grave to do it. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I just...